Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we have such an interesting woman on today. And our guest today was actually born in England, but she's in the United States now. But she is kind of an amazing person. Her background is incredible. And unfortunately, she had a child die. We're going to talk today about post-traumatic growth is real, which is one of the things that our guest says. And we'll be talking a little bit about her journey and how you can get tips and tools and ideas. So Heidi, you want to introduce our guest? Sure, mom. So our guest is Sarah Miller, and she is a Royal Air Force veteran, a physical therapist assistant, and a wellness coach. As you said, she's also a bereaved mom because her beautiful little girl, Madeline, drowned at the age of four. And Sarah's mission is to fill the world with positive energy and hope. And her website is so hopeful. So I'm looking forward to talking to her today about post-traumatic growth. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And thanks for the beautiful introduction. I feel like I have a lot to live up to. <laughs> well, you certainly done a lot. I think I had like mm -hmm. an inner resilience. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I would say that maybe harmed me more in that I'm like, you know, I had that kind of suck it up and get on with it mentality. And so that's what I tried to do, and it totally didn't work. Um, but I have I've really moved forward. And discovered a lot of things and tools and techniques that I never imagined that I would have done. Well, Sarah, this is a good point you're making. So at first, it sounds like when it first, your daughter first died, you felt like, okay, I need to suck it up, walk it off and move forward. And then it sounds like something happened where you, you weren't able to do that. And you really had to address what was going on, your grief. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really making me sick. I was stuffing it down and stuffing it down. And, you know, I, I like to term it emotional constipation. Like I, it just had nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. And it it made me very sick. And, you know, I ended up in hospital. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think we think of grief and we think of the emotional impact, which is so true but it also has such a huge impact on, on all of our body systems. Yes, I've always said that. That's one of the things that surprised me when my son was killed um, years ago. I did not realize, I actually worked in the field of grief and loss and I was a nurse and I had no idea the physical impact. Mm -hmm. It is huge. I mean, it's, it's really heavy. And I don't think people realize how heavy that impact is. One of the things that you're talking about a little bit is you did, you feel that you did have some natural resilience as, as you came into it. I, I noticed in reading your information that you said that your therapist really helped you. I, I'm curious, what put you in the hospital? Well, you know, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. Mm -hmm. I was operating on autopilot and I wasn't taking care of myself. Um, and it, it made me very sick. 
Um, and, you know, I was really, really struggling. So I actually ended up in hospital a couple of times. And the second time was a suicide attempt because I was not in a good place whatsoever. Um, but I, I got given a second chance and that's when I, I realized, well, you know, I'm going to choose to live. And if I'm going to choose to live, I'm going to live fully. What was the second chance? I love it. I think I had uh, so much guilt and self-blame that was eating me alive inside. And I actually found a support group called Accidental Impacts. Mm. And, you know, I went to this this group and it was full of people that had something had happened and they they blamed themselves for it. I and I looked at that organization, Accidental Impact. Yeah, it's now called the Hyacinth Fellowship. But, you know, I looked at all of these people. I was a room full of, a Zoom room full of 50 people. And all I saw in these people were good. And mm. it, it took me looking outside of myself. And so many people were saying to me, you know, it wasn't your fault. You know, it was an accident. But I couldn't hear that. But then mm -hmm. when I was able to connect with other people in, in similar situations, like it, it really had this powerful lasting impact on me that I was able to kind of step a little bit away from that. And I also did a lot of EDMR therapy, mm -hmm. um, which was very helpful. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. and, and, you know, you're just really talking about the power of peer support mm -hmm. and we know how powerful that is. And like you said, being around other people who also blame themselves, I bet you had a lot of empathy for them and we're there and supporting them and probably thinking wait a minute I'm supporting this group but I'm being hard on myself and critical with myself yes yeah I, I had a raging inner critic and you know I just mm -hmm. had that sense I don't deserve to live it's my fault mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how did you move out of that you had rapid eye desensitization is that what you said yes uh-huh so they had you re, relive that event in under controlled circumstances uh, where you could change the brain's response, right? Yes, I had several sessions and I also did uh, prolonged exposure where I spent a session where I spent five hours telling my story over and over and over and over again. Wow, that's interesting. Now, where did you do that? Because we know... Uh, uh, Catherine Shear uh, at Columbia mm -hmm. does this grief work and basically a lot of it is retelling your story and re and listening to it on tape and then taking it to your therapist where did yeah. you have that that's interesting it it's in Fort Myers a place called therapy treatment team and you know I I actually have two therapists and I I truly credit them both with saving my life um, amongst other factors, but that that was a big component. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's really, really fascinating because I know there are people um, that are watching or listening to this that can't give up that story, that those those moments or those moments that they keep torturing themselves with, basically, I would think. How would you see that? Yeah, it's, it's haunting. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think by processing it and because it was trapped inside me mm -hmm. and I I was so fearful and scared of what it was going to do to me if I did let it out but when I did go through that prolonged exposure therapy I just felt this incredible sense of relief mm -hmm. like 
just, I mean, I was drained from it, but it was such a huge release of the emotions I had trapped in my, inside myself for so long. Um, it was like a, you know, it didn't take the pain away. It didn't take the fact that I had that trauma away, but it released it. Mm -hmm. Sequentially. I was having regular therapy with my therapist and he was like, I really think you would benefit from trauma specific therapy. Mm -hmm. And so I reached out to this therapist and, and, you know, we spoke about my case and she's like, I think the first thing that would be really valuable for you would be prolonged exposure so we did a couple of sessions of um you know just talking through and then I I drove up to Fort Myers and I did the five-hour uh session how does that look what, it what? was a complete mess um I mean I I was the first time I told the story it was really 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 long they didn't record it I was just there present for five hours and it was just one therapist with you or it yes just one therapist and um you know I was telling the story and then I would tell it again and the second time it was shorter and less intense and then the third time it was shorter and less intense and like the key facts would get less and less and less and my emotional reaction was from beginning to end was a huge shift wow Um, how interesting and and what happened after you left that did you do any follow-up with that I stayed with her and um we did the EMDR and also brain spotting as well brain spotting is um so the therapist has kind of like a pointer like a teacher Mm -hmm. would have and she would move the pointer across the screen and she would say, okay, how is your sadness from one to 10? And depending on where she moved the pointer and my eyes moved to the pointer, it was really, really strange. But in some spots, it would be like 10 out of 10. And in other spots, it would be five out of 10, depending on where she was holding the pointer and where my eyes moved to. That's interesting almost like a different part of your brain was being reactivated or something. I mean, it's different, mm-hmm. a little different than EMDR because with EMDR, you're telling your story as you're tracking something, right? Or listening tones. Yes. I, when I did EMDR, um, I actually ha- held vibrations in my mm-hmm. hands mm-hmm. and oh, it would go brain. from one hand to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the therapist would ask me questions and I would answer. Um, and all of it together, you know, I think it was so many different factors converging to come together to, to put me in a space where I wanted to live fully. And I was excited, you know, well, Sarah, you had significant trauma. And I love how you, you had to deal with the trauma, you know, before you could really unpack the grief. So I love how you went around and found all these different methods or and we're open to, to, to trying all these things and to doing this because it's hard work, as you know, mm-hmm. doing this, this stuff, these different treatment modalities. It's, it's very draining and it takes a lot of work, but the end result is so worth it. Mm-hmm. But I, I think you need to have that, you know, I had that desire in me because I was giving that second chance of, you know, I'm alive, I'm here and I'm going to make this work. And I'm, Right. I want to place my energy in 
making things better, like living my life? Well, I worked with firefighters that had lost a firefighter in the World Trade Center. And I ran groups with them. And they said, this won't surprise you. They said what helped them the most was doing EMDR. Tell us a little bit about um, this math, uh, heart, heart math, because I'd never heard about that before. Heart math. I, I fell in love with heart math. I found it by accident. So it's a science-based approach that is a visualization and breathing technique that calms the nervous system. But wow. it's, it's very different to meditation because in meditation, you're only activating your parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest, digest, restore system in your body. Whereas with this, you're, also, you're activating both portions of your nervous system. So you're, you're alert, but you're calm at the same time. And you use a, a sensor a Bluetooth sensor, it connects to an app and it tracks your heart rate variability. And it's in scientifically, there's been studies that after trauma, your heart rate variability is lowered. And by using this visual feedback, it's kind of like biofeedback. You can teach your body how to be calm again. So what I thought for me, I had been in this stress state for so long. What I thought was calm was actually stressed. So I would get that visual feedback of a graph that showed me that my nervous system was in a, a calm state through the heart rate variability. Mm, very interesting. And you've, you've been trained in that now. I mean, it's pretty amazing that you're feeling that you've really had growth through this whole experience. Yeah, and I think it, it's it's a bit taboo and it it's hard to kind of say it because people always think what you've been through and you know the expectation is well you know how are you moving on should you be moving on or forward and so to to own up and say you know I feel like yes I've been through the tragedy and less yes I would take it back in a heartbeat but because of it my life has been enriched. And because I know great despair, I know joy. Because mm -hmm. that's happened, you know, I value the kiss, I I value the hug, I I value the flower that I see. Like what used to be my normal that I took for granted, I don't take any of that for granted anymore. And then I've gone on to you know, do further training. I, I changed my job. I set up a business. Like none of this would have happened. I don't think if Madeline wouldn't have happened and, it, and I move forward with her in my heart and it feels like I have her energy inside me. Mm. I love it. It's wonderful. Tell people how that they can get in touch with you. You have a wonderful website. It's, it's Welshine Coaching com. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. I really appreciate it. And uh, you're an inspiration. Thank you for your kind words. And thank you for your time. It's It's been an honor being here. I agree with my mom, Sarah. Thank you so much. You have definitely shown us that there, there can be post-traumatic growth despite great loss and trauma. 
And uh, I agree. I think that Madeline is definitely your guiding light. For sure. I, you know, her mission in life was to fill up buckets mm. and I, I kind of, I'm that kind of person anyway. And so it's now a double mission to go and fill up people's buckets and give them hope and inspiration. Oh, that's wonderful. And thank you to everyone for watching our show today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.